Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. I am genuinely interested to hear what people who are uh, who are uh, pro-Trump and anti-abortion, I am genuinely interested to know how you heard Trump's comments in that NBC interview and his attack on the heartbeat bills and how he promises that if elected, he would be able to cobble together some sort of, I guess, a coalition. I don't know, but he would hammer out some deal and put the issue to rest. And so it's no longer this point of contention in the society and that you have to uh, come up with some sort of a, 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 a cap at a certain uh, week of gestation, right? You got to come up with some number, and the states that passed the heartbeat bills at six weeks, he said that that was terrible and a mistake. And a lot of people on the right, a lot of pro life people, they heard that and they thought, wow, Trump just threw us under the bus. Here's one. Remember a guy named Nick Sandman? Remember him? The kid who went to the, the pro-life march in Washington, D.C. and had some crazy left-wing moonbat beating a drum and screaming in his face. And for that, the kid got savaged in the national media for smirking at an, an indigenous person. Remember that? Nick Sandman? That guy? That kid? Oh, he's an adult now. He says, that's odd. I remember being in the crowd when Trump spoke at the March for Life. I commended the president for an amazing speech. He said, we cannot know what our citizens yet unborn will achieve. The dreams they will imagine, the masterpieces they will create, the discoveries they will make. But we know this. Every life brings love into this world. Every child brings joy to a family. Every person is worth protecting. His positions are incompatible and unacceptable. That's what Nick Sandman said. But who is he, right? Just some kid that the left savaged and everybody rose in defense of? Do we care? Or in his defense, in Trump's defense on this statement, maybe he's lying. I mean, as much of a defense as that is, maybe he's lying about it. That he doesn't really mean it. He's just saying it to get elected. He truly has just become a politician then, no? Because I remember when that was the when that was the, the pitch for him was that he's not a politician and he could get away with doing all these things and people gave him a lot of, uh, of uh, leeway because he wasn't a politician. So he doesn't know how to do all of these things and say all of these uh, statements and he doesn't understand the issues, whatever. He's about making deals and, uh, and doing business, right? And he fights. But now he says that he'll somehow hammer out some sort of a compromise on abortion. And he doesn't say what that looks like. And I understand how you can't. I mean, you don't know what the what the sides would agree to or whatever. But what for pro-lifers that believe life begins at conception, 
there isn't any deal that they're going to take here. They're, they're not going to be okay with a 20-something week ban. They're not okay with that. All right, let me go over. All right, let me get let me get Ed on the program. He has been waiting a while here on hold. Sorry, Ed. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. Can you hear hey, me okay? Yeah, yes, sir. I sure can. You doing all right? Um, I'm going to tell you something, and, okay. and I'm not making it up. I remember before I was born. Uh, I don't remember seeing anything, but I just felt like fluid moving or pulsing and. I was very alert when that happened. Mm-hmm. And after I was born, the next thing I remember is after I was born, I was laying in the bottom of a crib and I started crying and someone came over to me to attend me. And I needed something um and I didn't know what to do. And I knew if I started crying, someone may come over. So I started crying again. Hmm. <laughs> so I'm laying at the bottom of the crib, crying whenever I wanted attention. <laughs> That's very advanced thinking. You remember yeah, all of and that. I, I thought everyone hmm. knew those things. No. I find out it's very rare that anybody have remembers. Ever, have you ever met any other person born. on the face of the planet that remembers that? Pardon? Have you met anybody else ever in your life that one, also remembers One person. That? One person. But, um, so, of course, I don't want anyone. Now, the only, when I grew up, there was this thing. I lived in Ohio where um, you couldn't have an abortion unless uh, your health was endangered and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I can see some reasons in that, but um, so I, I always, whenever we talk about abortion, someone you know, got pregnant, so they had an abortion. I think of this fetus, which was me, mm-hmm. and I, no way could I want to support that. I got However, you. However, going back to the Biden thing, I am a, I have always been a Biden supporter because of all the positive things he's done for the country. And I don't know what he's going to decide anything differently. And my mother was a socialist and obviously she didn't believe in abortion, but the socialists back then, a technocrat, the government should control your life. If you're 85 years old, the government has a right to terminate you. Hmm. And it scared the hell out of me. Yet you say you've he always been a Biden supporter. The, the leftist. Right, but you're okay with, but you, you like what Joe Biden has done. I wouldn't support Joe Biden for anything because he lies oh. about every single thing, including the $6 billion all went to Iran. I thought you, I thought you said that you were a Joe Biden supporter. No, no, no. I've oh. always been a Trump supporter. Oh, Trump supporter, gotcha. I still look at him as not being a politician, but I knew about a lot of the business things he's done, mm-hmm. and even people that worked in different positions, and uh, he treated them like family. Mm. 
someone needed a a, a, a walkway, and, and all I had was, was stairs to go up. And it, 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 Trump never talks about this kind of stuff. He had, he had a walk a walkway put in so the guy could make it easier, and, and all all kinds of little things like that. Have you ever heard any stories, uh, uh, negative stories, about his business dealings? Um, not, I, I don't. I have never heard anything negative about about him. If I if I told you some of those stories, do you do you think it would matter? Oh, well, I'm sure there are probably negative things, but I don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. Right, but what would it matter? To you, like, it wouldn't would it, matter much because I look yeah. at the positive right, things he go. did to improve the whole country okay. and the whole world. When under him, wars were being put down or weren't weren't going to be the war. Now with Biden in charge, the first thing Russia did was invade Ukraine, and the first thing Biden did was help China do what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, okay. Uh, Ed, I appreciate the call, sir. Thank you. Um, no, that's why I usually now see I've, it's a different approach I have adopted as I ask before I even bother with the with the the other counter arguments because what I learned in 2016 was it didn't matter, and I would spend a lot of time and energy going through the details of a story or whatever, and and, and none of it ever mattered. And so at least you know that's why I ask Ed if I tell you these stories. You know, first I ask, have you heard stories? He has not. Okay, well, if I know some, do you want to hear some? And would that change your mind or or any reason? And no. Okay, well, then I won't bother telling you. Right? There's no, there's no point. It's, it's, it's of no value. The mind is already made up. Um, this is from Jeff. Pete, Trump just threw us under the bus. Um, that is a common belief uh, among people uh, on the right, the pro-life movement. That is a common belief because they have not been apparently looped into the potential strategy that, guys, maybe he's just lying. Now, this is the problem uh, with all politicians uh, in that if you catch him in the lies and you're saying, well, he's got to lie like this to get elected, well, then what else is he lying about, Right. That's the idea. That's the and, and and as one who then signs on to support a politician, one who says, oh, you know what? I want to see this guy elected. And then he lies and you don't know what he actually stands for. And then he does something that you don't like. And now you can you know, now you got some options. You can say, well, do I say I still like the guy because he gets stuff done by and large that I agree with? But I thought, you know, I don't like the fact that he lied about this. Or you could just, you know, abandon your principles and say it's okay because I like him. And that's a personal decision for everybody. Everybody makes on their own. So we're going to explore this idea. Maybe he's just lying. Jan, I do not know. Uh, Jan asks uh, on the Twitter, or sorry, on an email. Uh, some of these callers and emailers today sound like they are having a semi-permanent out-of-body experience. I need a drink to deal with this. I, I don't. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, ben says to Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. I will say one thing about the Democrat, as opposed to the Republicans, that 
is they don't want Biden as president. On the other hand, the Republicans do not want Donald Trump either, but they are scared of him and hope that with all the legalities he's going through that he won't make it to being president so that they don't lose their supporters that are his base. Joe Biden is slowly being taken over by his mental capacity, incapacity and uh, everybody can see it. But on the other hand, Donald Trump is so narcissistic that it's about him more than the country. Uh, we go to our backup plan, meaning who's next in line, as opposed to Trump, Republican, Biden, Democratic, because I don't think either one of them will be president when 2024 gets here. So we honestly need to get our backup quarterback ready to hit the field, whoever it may be. Uh, no, that's that's a good idea. Um, you know, if, I've, I've seen it said, right, that a vote for uh, Joe Biden is really a vote for Kamala Harris. Because Biden's probably not going to make it. He's not going to last. Either, you know, 25th Amendment, he gets tossed, he gets impeached, uh, he steps down of his own accord, or, you know, not that I, I wish this upon him, but he could pass away at his age. I mean, like, seriously, he's one stumble up a plain staircase from a broken hip, and at his age, that's... Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply, will you be ready when the lights go out? Uh, so let me play these audio clips again. The first you're going to hear is Donald Trump on Meet the Press talking about abortion. And uh, like, honestly, I don't know what I don't know what the play is. I don't know what the strategy is. I, I, I cannot tell you because I'm not inside Donald Trump's mind. Um, they have not told me his campaign hasn't articulated it to me. So all we can do is speculate. Um, and anybody that tells you that they know is lying because they don't know. So Donald Trump says this stuff about abortion. I suspect all it is is Ron DeSantis signed a six-week heartbeat law, and so that has to be bad. I suspect that's really all this comes down to for Donald Trump. It doesn't. It, all that matters is DeSantis did something, and so I'm not that. He's bad. I'm good. I don't know if there's anything more to it than that. There could be. Maybe he's trying to play some strategy and lie in order to get people to vote for him in the general election. He's just focused on the general. He's not focused on the primary. So he's going to say whatever he needs to say because he's taking all of those votes for granted already. He thinks, look, I'm, I'm way up in the polls. It doesn't. I could say whatever I want. I could, I could shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue and they're still going to vote for me. He's not wrong, right? So here's what he said, and then we'll play what DeSantis said in response. 
Mr. President, I want to give voters who are going to be weighing in on this election yeah. a very clear sense of where I think you stand I on I think this. they're all going to like me. I think both sides are going to like me. Let, let me what, but what's let Mr. going President, to have to Mr. happen President, is you're going to have to... This question, Kristen, please. you're asking me a question. What's going to happen is you're going to come up with a number of weeks or months. You're going to come up with a number that's going to make people happy. Because 92% of the Democrats don't want to see abortion after a certain period of time. If a federal ban landed on your desk, if you were reelected, would you sign it at 15? Are you talking about a complete ban? A ban at 15 weeks. Well, people, people are starting to think of 15 weeks. That seems to be a number that people are talking about right now. Would you sign that? I, uh, I, would, I would sit down with both sides and I'd negotiate something and we'll end up with peace on that issue for the first time in 52 years. Uh, I'm not going to say I would or I wouldn't. I mean, DeSantis is willing to sign a five-week and six-week ban. Would you support that? You think I, that I think what he far? did is a terrible thing and a terrible mistake. A terrible mistake. Pro-lifers are uh, hacked off. They're a little upset. They They think six weeks is still too much. But Trump says that we'll sit down with everybody, we'll come up with a number of weeks, and uh, that'll make everybody happy, that'll make people happy. And I can tell you that 15 weeks is not going to make most Democrats happy. Now, 15 weeks will make a lot of people, I don't want to say happy, but acceptable. Most of the polling shows anything beyond a first trimester, does it, you start losing lots and lots of support. You're somewhere in the 60 to 70 percent range of Americans that say no abortions after the first trimester. And that's where about 15 weeks is. The 20 something week mark is is way beyond that. And uh, a lot of the uh, Democrat positions uh, in that they adopt in their proposed legislation is beyond that as well, all the way up through birth. So I don't know how you get the people who are like, you know, uh, no abortions at all to agree with. The people who are like, no restrictions on abortions at all. I don't know how you get those two sides to agree. It's sort of like the the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, you know, when you got one party that's saying, uh, you know, death to all the Jews. I'm not exactly sure what the halfway compromise position on that is, but, uh, you know, whatever. Um, what do I know? I'm just a radio host. Here is Ron DeSantis in an interview with Radio Iowa. Protecting babies with heartbeats. Uh, is not terrible. Donald Trump may think it's terrible. I think protecting babies with heartbeats is noble and just, and I'm proud to have signed the heartbeat bill in Florida, and I know Iowa has similar legislation. I don't know how you can even make the um, claim that you're somehow pro-life if you're criticizing states for enacting pro-life protections for babies that have heartbeats. And so uh, I thought it was, uh, I thought him saying that those bills were terrible, uh, I think was a terrible statement. And I think it's a window into how he's uh, changing uh, as he's running this campaign. And I think he's changing in a way that is not consistent uh, with the values of the people in Iowa. He then goes on to say that he does not think Donald Trump would be able to cut a deal as he promises. 
Well, here I think the danger that we all have to look at is when he was president, and, and I you know, supported his, his stated policies, and I've given him credit for, for his accomplishments, whether it's the court appointments, uh, whether it's the Abraham Accords or other things, the deregulation, and I think he does deserve credit for that. But anytime he did a deal with Democrats, whether it was on budget, whether it was on the Criminal Justice First Step Act, uh, they ended up taking him to the cleaners. And so I think if he's going into this saying he's going to make the Democrats happy with respect to right to life, I think all pro-lifers should know uh, that he's, he's preparing to sell you out. And so I don't think that what he's saying would work, uh, and I don't think he would be able uh, to generate a, a, a quote, deal uh, that would be acceptable to pro-lifers. DeSantis then says that uh, this argument, this fight, it's going to continue for years and that while Dobbs was a big win for pro-lifers and some states have made progress, others, he says, seem to have been caught a bit unprepared. The Supreme Court in 1973 mandate uh, abortion on demand nationwide. That was not in the text history and structure of the Constitution. And what they basically did was they transformed it into something that was used for birth control. And that has become something that has become more embedded in American society as the decades have gone on. That clearly is the preference for the modern left and the Democratic Party to use it as a form of birth control. So there's, there's folks that that's what they're used to in terms of how they um, see the world. And that's, I think, where, you know, the pro-life movement, apart from even legislation, uh, you know, needs to make inroads. I do think that anybody that is a parent now uh, with young kids that has seen the sonograms and heard the heartbeats and everything like that along the way, that's very impactful for people. And when people see that, it makes a really, really big difference. But there are, uh, of course... Uh, uh, people going in the other direction. And I think the medical establishment uh, has become much more uh, supportive of trying to push abortions uh, than they may have been 50 or 60 years ago. You know, the Hippocratic Oath uh, that do- new doctors would take used to include uh, language against doing abortions. They said that that was a violation of the Hippocratic Oath. The medical establishment has amended that over the years to take that out. But that was initially in there. Message from Russ, who says, Trump, lying or not, whatever his strategy is, I don't think he understands either side of this abortion debate. What compromise or deal could be reached between life is precious and these babies deserve rights versus we should allow and even encourage terminating pregnancy for convenience without limits? Yeah, this, I said this in 2016. He is not steeped in the conservative movement. And... and and that was one of the things that people touted as his appeal. The problem is, is he's wanting to lead on these issues. And if you're going to put the guy in charge of the negotiation and he doesn't understand the position that you are espousing, is that really the best person to represent your interests in that negotiation? All right. You may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while. And it's a great organization. they got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. It's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. 
There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. Here's a message from Dave on the Twitter machine. It's a Pete tweet. He says, Trump screwed up. Now states rights. He better clean his message, especially going on enemy news. Also, he will lose some in the next polling, like Mark Robinson will for skipping the debates. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think um, I don't think the the true believers, like when they... You know, people who love their candidate, I don't mean, I shouldn't say true believers, it's, it's, that's a loaded term. And I don't, I don't mean it as an insult. It's just uh, people that are on board for a candidate, they really love that candidate. Um, that candidate doesn't need to go to the debates, especially if they're in the lead, right? If you love, like if you really loved Marco Rubio in 2016, then you wanted more debates because you felt like more people would hear the message, he would do better, Right. But if you were a big fan of uh, Ted Budd, right? Uh, Ted Budd, not a particularly good debater. And so he was in the polls leading. And so you don't want him to go up there because you like him. You want him to win, right? That's all that matters. The ends justify the means. So it doesn't matter if he blows off the debates, blows off the job interview, because he already has the support. And they don't need to hear him perform in a debate. They don't they don't uh, value it like uh, people like ardent supporters of a candidate, uh, uh, any candidate. They don't value debate performance higher than winning the seat. That's what they want. They want their person to win the seat, even if they're not uh, a good debater. So they're not going to penalize them. And that's a pretty universal attitude, it seems like. Mark Robinson, I suspect, is going to blow off every single debate, too. And I don't think people are going to hold him accountable for that. People still vote for him. They see his speeches, whatever. In the and like in the primary, it's really important. In a primary, it is really important to hear these people debate because you want to know how they're going to handle the attacks. And if they get up there and they uh, they shrink under the pressure of the attacks in a primary then you don't want them going up against even worse attacks in the general. That's the point. All right. Um, on the um, on the Trump uh, uh, comments on abortion, I got an email, or a, sorry, a, a series of tweets the other day from Mossman, who said, if you're going to talk about this topic, uh, you know, please read this. And, and it's a tweet storm, a tweet thread. There's like 10 different tweets all in a row here. And I started reading it a little bit, I think, last hour. But um, he equates it to um, 2008, when Barack Obama said marriage was between a man and a woman. And Democrats, some, were mad that uh, he wasn't on board with the gay marriage. But many others recognize that he just had to say that right now. But we really know that he's for it because he used to be for it. Right? He was for it, but now that he's running in the general election, now he's against it. But we know once he gets in there, he'll do us the solid. And that's what 
this fellow, Mossman, on Twitter, he's saying Trump is doing right now. Which, I have no idea if that's true or not. But if this is the best defense of Donald Trump is that he's lying like Obama, then, I mean, I would just submit that's probably not somebody you can trust. Because that was one of the reasons why I didn't trust Obama, because he was a liar, right? He would say whatever he needed to say in front of whatever audience. And I'm just supposed to know what he really means. And this is the problem that Donald Trump has with me personally is I don't know what he really means. Because when I listen to his words and I apply the commonly held definitions to the words he uses, I I have questions and concerns. And then I am told, oh, Pete, you're taking him literally, not seriously. That's not what he meant. And then I get people writing me and calling and saying, you know, let me act as your Trump uh, whisperer. I can I can translate Trump for you. I shouldn't have to. I, I, I shouldn't require a translator. Right. If you say some stuff, I should be able to understand what it is that you're saying. So but this is a possible strategy. I don't want to rule it out because he's Moss Man's right. It, this could be it. Maybe he looked at Obama and it's a very cynical approach. It's like, you know what? I can lie to the pro-lifers uh, and there'll be some, you know, criticism from them. And that's fine. In fact, it helps sell the deal. Right. If they seem mad at me, then that's OK. Then the media will see that and they'll be like, oh, maybe Trump really is on our side on this stuff. He says, some likely don't get the tactic being utilized here, and some are bound by legitimate reasons to object. But most of these politicos on the right are trying their best to damage Trump, which is very different from the Obama example before. Some are doing it because they will do anything they can to boost another candidate that they prefer in the primary. Highly doubtful at this point it's not Trump, but the reason stands. But most are assisting because they are members of a shrinking set of interest groups and... Uh, power players within the GOP that desperately wish to retain power, even if it means power as an election-losing minority. It's funny because a lot of people think that Trump will give us an election-losing minority. But, I, I mean, that is, that's one explanation that's, I guess, plausible. 